Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an X-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sean. My name is Ed. And I'm Sharon. And today on the show we are talking about Season 2, Episode 2, Summer Run. But before we get any further, guys, how the hell are you? I'm fine. How are you, Sean? I am very well. It's been It's been a week. It Not has. a bad yeah. week, it's just it's been a week. You know what I mean? It's definitely it been has. seven days, yeah. It has that. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we're recording today on what would have been Michael Crichton's 78th birthday. So oh. I'm just going to oh. put that out there. Oh, well then, like, obviously, if anyone anyone is listening to this with a drink in their hand or ourselves now, cheers. Cheers. Michael. Thank you very much for this show and everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. That small project, Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, that little thing. That that's, obscure that's gone. Art, art art house project, yeah. Cool. So this is this is a I mean, we open on on a brilliant shot of kind of pure, you know, POV of us. We're in a vehicle we um, I imagine it's an ambulance because you can hear the sirens blaring and we're kind of looking at this Chicago gritty Chicago street. Um and then we flick into the we reveal that we we're on Carol's run while she's with you here ambulance people check and I forgot the other guy's name. Raul. Raul, that's it. Sorry, it's cool Raul. as well because as they're driving that uh now I don't know if it's the exact same street, but the tracks they're driving under, if you close your eyes and fast forward to two thousand and eight, isn't that what Bruce Wayne drives his Lamborghini under to try and stop the crash in Dark Knight? Because Dark Knight, of course, was filmed in Chicago. Oh, oh so sometimes to... you can kind of Ooh. spot some of the Bit. some of the kind of. I know you're of... a Nolan expert more so than myself, but I I, I, I spent the month one. of September just Nolaning. So yeah, I, I, I for, <laughs> right, for, the, for the next few <laughs> days, I've got to move swiftly on from your filthy minds. Um, <laughs> It was, and yeah, Dark Knight uh, was most definitely filmed in and around Chicago. And amazing, the, I can it, sort of picture it now, but I don't know if I'm making it up in my own head to agree with you. But yeah, I can see it somehow. Now, as long as you're agreeing with me, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I'll always agree with you, Sean. Thank you very much. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. <laughs> That's uh, true. But you're right. This is either yeah an ambulance going by with a sirens blaring, or it's a bike with notions of itself. But uh, yeah. either way, it is chucking it down this road yeah absolutely and we kind of we, mm-hmm. we, we see we with carol we're in the front seat she makes a joke about if she was driving they would have been there already yeah. um which i quite like um and then we come upon a, i mean this is the second episode of the second season and it's another gangland shooting mm. that we've come across and I, I looked a little bit into kind of gangs of chicago in kind of the 80s and 90s and it talked about how there was this particular gang that was very prolific called the Distinguished Gentlemen, or they would call themselves the DGs. And they were very into using kind of young boys in the more dangerous places. So I think later on we find out that one of these patients, so we come across a scene of kind of two gunned down boys, and we find out one of the patients is 14 years old. And that's because they would use them in kind of places where they could they would be arrested or places where they could be the first targets of any kind of violence. And I just thought that kind of really fed into obviously what ER wow. we're trying to yeah. probably look at. Yeah. That's I mean, I mean the... like it goes without saying, but that is awful, that is evil. Yeah. You know, we'll send a bunch of kids. And I think I wonder if because they were arrested, well they wouldn't be, because they'd yeah. be minors. 
and then there might be the idea of oh who's going to shoot a kid but yeah. unfortunately yeah. history has shown us that yeah. you can't count on that yeah it's I, I think it shows how er doesn't soft soak a lot of stuff it doesn't yeah. give you the easy option it, it you know it's it's pulled on real information about these incredibly young kids who are being forced to grow up in the most horrific manner and it, and it really sets it in Chicago. It really says this is mm. this can't just you can't pick this up and put it. This is a Chicago issue. I'm not yeah. saying gangs don't or anywhere else, but you know this was such a huge issue in Chicago. And I think if you're going to set a show there, it's great that like you're then going to explore actually the location in in yeah. real time. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's quite a horrific scene we come across. There's a bit. There's a big crowd and there's two boys on the ground, very bloodied up. Uh, we hear the word grey matter concerning one yeah. of them. That's, I, uh, like, it's just <clears throat> one of the things, when you hear grey matter, you might as well just call it. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, you can save a person, but I mean, can't, what, what's left? It, yeah, if know? there's enough brain on the pavement, then what's, yeah. Yeah, like, y- yes, but, you might be able to keep the body alive, <clears throat> but... What's the, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's grim. And just before they go in, um, Shep makes a joke to Carol about, you know, oh, you know, you want to get coffee in this place. So you're more than welcome. Just put your stab vest on first. Yeah. 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 Really highlighting the paramedics work. You know, we really get to see we're out on the road with them. We've not been out on the road with them yeah. the first time. We get to actually see what it is that they do. Because all we've ever seen is them kind of arriving at the door with whoever. But now we're actually watching this first line of defense and, and it makes me think gosh who would want to be a paramedic like it just yeah. as, especially somewhere like in chicago where you're having to deal with like such horrific gun violence i mm. i mean hats off to to any you know paramedics out there you're all yeah. just amazing but yeah absolutely, absolutely. I think as well in like because we deal with the er most of the time like you rightfully so the er is the first Line of defense is the wrong, maybe the wrong word, but you know, it's the first, it's the entry point, sorry, to, you know, the medical system when you, when you get hurt. But this goes to, no, it's not, because even though they have been in dangerous situations and will continue to be in dangerous situations in the ER, the paramedics could effectively be driving into the middle of a shooting battle. Absolutely. You know, in the middle of a war scene, basically, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, it's, you know, you take it for granted that potentially someone might be wielding a knife in the ER, and that could be dangerous. Yeah. But you don't have to wear a bulletproof vest to run a trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are, they are on the streets. They are that, mm. yeah. that first line. So yeah, they come across this, and it's just, it's a horrific scene. They manage to kind of pick one, one of the the gang survivors up and we see the mother I think of the other one kind of appear and see her son like on the floor and I, I can't even think yeah. about what that must be like and then Shep has this line where he says you know welcome to hell and Carol's mm. the look on Carol's face yeah. is just like shit what have I signed up for <laughs> um and then we go straight into the credits and it's what a strong opening I mean yeah. oh hats off to the writers this is just amazing mm. yeah we're two for two now this season yeah. Very, very strong openings. Very Just strong. Different. Obviously, uh, opening season one, you know, they knew what they were doing. They were like, welcome yeah. back. This is season <laughs> two. 
Uh, I can't remember if I said season one or episode one there, but anyway, I, I, what I meant is like, you know, that shooting, that drive-by, it was like, ha we're back, we're back. Whereas this is, you're following Carol. So it's yeah. already, it's, it's, it's smaller in that you're following one main character. Yeah. But it's already bigger in the fact it's out on the streets. It's definitely in Chicago. And we discussed in previous episodes that they didn't always film in Chicago because of just the, the nature of Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, Ed, I think you, you, you described it best when, um, how, how did you describe season two there again just a couple of minutes ago? They're at, it's, they're at their height. I think I think they've they've hit the ground running with season one. They've had some really strong episodes, and they've built from there. And they can do stuff like the the cold open to, to episode one of season two with that very dramatic. There's no characters from the whole ER in that opener, but it's still got your attention because it's yeah. so different. And you you know all those clues, but then this one is back to back to normal. But yeah, it just. It, it is at, at its absolute height, I think, in a lot of ways. I completely agree. And I, I think that happens with shows, doesn't it? I think you often find the second season quite good because they've yeah. obviously established the characters, they've got themselves into a bit of a groove, they're able to now reach out a little bit more because they've kind of already established a lot of stuff. And we're definitely seeing that here. Um, and so then, you know, this is Carrie, Carrie Weaver's first day. They kind of <laughs> call her Carrie. She's Carrie, but they kind of always say Carrie, and it sounds like Carrie. So yeah. I always get a bit confused. Uh, but it's Weaver's first day. This is a monumental character, so it's it's great to see her. Yeah. But it opens with her in the fridge, tidying out the fridge, and it's <laughs> like, should there not be bigger things for you to be doing? It's her exerting her control, and this will come up in the episodes to come. But she's chief resident, so she's got a position of responsibility. But I, I really like Kerry Weaver. I know she's got some detractors and some bad points, but she's straight in there. This is my space now because I'm making sure your fridge isn't full of Benton's decaying sprouts. I don't know why he has Bus- oh, Brussels sprouts in there. Bent. Unless I miss it. Or is it bean sprouts? I don't know. I bet it's but, bean yeah. sprouts because he's very, very health conscious. And well. I can imagine mm, yeah. him being very like, I've got to ferment things for my stomach yeah. bacteria. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? What we know of Kerry, I suppose, having watched ER, what we know of Kerry, it makes perfect sense to me that Benton is delighted that it, that Kerry is coming over to yeah. be the chief resident. It makes ab- what we know of Benton. He likes. Mm. He has no time for friendly banter, really. No. You know, he likes yeah. get me to the next drama, get me to the next drama, get me to the. And that's, you know, Weaver is all about bringing calm under pressure. Yeah. There, there is not one thing in this episode that she does that I disagree with. Not yes. one thing. Yeah, I, I might disagree a bit with how she sometimes goes about it, but I think you're yeah. absolutely right. Um, and now I've said that, I'm thinking, do I think that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I but then it, it's like you say, so Benton obviously is very delighted that she's here. But on the flip side, we get that Ross obviously isn't. And again, I think that tells you what you kind of need to know about her and a bit about mm. Doug. But I just love it where she kind of says, oh, you know, I've only so far made... Dr. Ross upset and Benton's like, oh, you've lost your touch. And you think, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. this is a formidable character, you know, that we're going to, I can't wait to watch this unfold and see yeah. what, what, what. She's definitely here to, to, to cause some stirs and we definitely get that, don't we, yeah. from her. Yeah. And I feel, I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, Do so it. I won't go too far, but I feel Susan is in the wrong in the way that she deals with Kerry. Um, yeah. She, Kerry, Kerry comes in and deals with Susan the way Swift came in and dealt with Mark 
in the previous season. Oh, good call. And Mark didn't take it very well. No. Susan really doesn't take it well. No. And added to that, what we, we'll go into now as, as we go on in this episode, but added to that, she, she kind of focuses everything on Kerry. Yeah. And there is that scene where Kerry, she, you know, tries to... You know, outside that door, yeah, I'm your boss. You're not the boss. You know, I run mm. the tour. In here, I'm asking how you are. Yeah. In here, how's yeah. how's your niece, you know? Yeah. Whereas Carrie is definitely the grown-up yes. in this situation. Yeah, so, I mean, so I guess what we're referring to is so we have the... So finally the uh, paramedics turn up at, uh, at County General. They brought in the, the lone survivor from that horrible gang gunfight and again it's another one of those point of views from the gurney kind of what we saw quentin tarantino doing and it makes it very exciting mm. you've got raul kind of pumping on the chest and you're like you are kind of it's your point of view so that's you know gets you in there and then we, obviously we go in and this is where i get confused a bit with susan because so they bring this guy in and they say to her you know he's been down for all these minutes and she's like oh you know what do you want a miracle but then when Kerry comes in to kind of mm. to, to, to be like, let's stop this. We, you know, you need to call it and end this because you're not going to save this guy. She then turns around and is trying to save him. And I'm, uh, that confused me. So do you think, I wasn't sure if ER had set that up enough for me. Like, why did Susan all of a sudden turn around and do that? Do you think it's because she didn't like this new authority? Is that what we're trying to... That's yeah. what I got from that. Mm. Yeah, right. I, like we know... Like we know, Susan's an excellent doctor, and you yeah. know she will go to the ends of the earth to protect her patients. So, I, but I don't think that this is an example of that. I think, I, I think that kid was dead before he came in there. Yeah. Uh, the body, like like I said, yeah, the the beeps were still beeping and the lines were still whirring, but like Susan knew. I mean, he'd been down. As yeah. You said it. Look, he's been down for thirty minutes, and Kerry absolutely made the right call. Like. Yeah, he's down, you know. If yeah. there's ever an inquiry, we, we did. We pumped on the chest. We shocked. We gave the drugs. He didn't come back. He was down for 30 minutes. We called it. Next. Yeah. yeah. You know? Something I do wonder about a little bit, because we've never really seen... We've seen doctors who are female who are higher than Susan, but we've never seen Susan having to actually really deal with one that's above her directly. And I wondered in the, in the way that, you know, oh, it's another female in my space... I now have to, you know, fight for that because as women, you kind of told there's only a number, you know, room for one of you or two, you know, so you kind right. of end up that it sets up this idea that you're constantly in competition with the other women. And I, I don't know if that maybe has come into it a little bit, maybe, you know, somebody's come in and is asserting this power and she feels a bit like I'm kind of used to having men tell me what to do, but I don't know how I feel about this woman coming in. I don't know. Just an idea. <laughs> That's a good call because the I was just thinking, you know, the the um, the regular thing that was said in season one about Susan was that she's got to be more assertive, and I remember Doctor Hicks said that to her, but that was like one conversation. So you're right across the whole, I don't think across what the whole span of season one, she had that kind of level of interaction with no. with someone. Because Hicks wasn't so. really her direct. Was she? She, she obviously no. could oversee stuff and, was, <clears throat> and, and would say things, but I think this is a real. That's her line of yeah. Mm. So it, I, I, that was just something I, I wondered about if they were trying to explore that, which I think is a brilliant thing to explore. Cool. It, 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 it totally is. One thing I think that in more modern television, 
uh, writers have tried to rail back against that competition yeah. between yeah. female co-workers because we have been told for so long exactly as you said it there is only room for one successful female mm. insert role here um whereas this is 95 96 you know the fact that there's two very successful female doctors going on here what yeah. is this revolutionary nonsense like <laughs> hang on and there's a black man as well <laughs> what crazy hospital are you running burn the hospital down burn They'll it, the down. Burn it down i tell you yeah exactly. well no uh, yeah he doesn't come along till about season three um, <laughs> but it like like because initially i was dismayed because again i as i've said a few times i watched er more or less out of order so i had seen her interact with kovach before I ever saw her interact with Doug Ross. Ah, mm. interesting, okay. So when I went back then to watch this episode first, I was initially surprised to be like, oh, well, first of all, she's brilliant. She, like, she really knows what she's doing. You know, she's she's just trying to run a tight ship. So, yeah, yeah fair play. Yeah. Where's this wagon we see later on down the <laughs> way? And it's talked about us pretty quickly. It's like, why does everyone try and fight her all the time? Yeah. Do you think she might be one of those kinds of people that People just can't, you know, rubs people up the wrong way. There must just be something when you're working with her that just rubs people up the wrong way. Um, I know there are moments where she goes about things in in, in quite, I don't know, what seems like underhand ways. I can see her point of view, but then there are times where you feel a bit like Mm. maybe she does need to step back. You know, maybe she shouldn't be micromanaging every little moment. Maybe, you know, I I don't think I could work with Kerry Weaver as much as I admire her i mean she talks over carol during this trauma and she doesn't know who carol is and it's kind of like are you messing with our carol do you know what i mean but then later in the episode it seems we're sort of jumping around again but she can it almost seems like she's playing the doctors and the nurses off against each other do you know what i mean she says to the carol about the doctor saying um the carol saying about like yeah yeah she's like (laughs) oh don't let yeah our don't let the doctors ride roughshod over you. You know, make sure they make the notes so that it's protecting you. Yeah. And then she's going to Susan and saying, "Oh, you've got lovely handwriting." And don't let the nurses, you know, uh, I can't. She says something like, "Don't let the nurses undermine you or whatever." Yeah. And then, and then that's it. She kind of, I think. Sorry, there's an excellent point. Um, I think as well, if let's say for a second she was talking to Benton, right? Yeah. During that. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been left there, but Susan challenges her. Yeah. Yes. She goes, we have yeah. wonderful nurses and Weaver doesn't miss a trick. She goes, oh, yeah. straight in. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and they deserve better from us. What yeah, yeah. Hell? She, right, she yeah. says, oh, some, some nurses forgot the heparin. Some nurse? Are you talking about our nurse? Do you know what I mean? It just... It seems like a divide and conquer. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's Weaver's intention, but it comes across to the viewers that way. And I think in later episodes we'll realise it is her way and it's it's misperceived um but yeah it's it's i, I love kerry weaver and then I, I just want to pick up on a moment that i think uh, it kind of it mirrors something that happens earlier so you know kerry and susan have this kind of face off a little bit over the the trauma room and its use and kerry wins because she calls it she calls she calls time of death um and then 
that's when Hathaway turns to Shep and says, welcome to hell. And it's like saying, yeah. hello, here we are, you know. Yeah, yeah. Both the same, you know, it, it's just as bad in here as it is out there. Well, all through the first episode, as well as not the first episode, just this first moments, we see Benton going, where's Carter? Where's Carter? You know, and you're a bit like, just see it kind of in the background and a little bit here and there. You're not really paying much attention because obviously a lot more is happening. And then you kind of finally find out where Carter is and he's overslept and he's happened to oversleep in the same room as Harper Tracy overslept who when Benton walks in. Yeah. Uh, foreshadowing. Um, and then. Benton walks in and she's getting dressed and she's talking very much like as if they have slept together, even though they haven't. And and Benton, I mean, his face is absolutely furious and it's not actually at all about the Harper thing. It's more that he's overslept, but he's absolutely furious. And and then they go upstairs. You see them upstairs kind of having breakfast. You see this wonderful moment where Benton sits down with all his surgery people and Carter's not allowed to sit there because he's not a surgeon yet properly. And it reminded me of that episode of Friends when Joey and Ross are at the museum together and Joey can't sit with the doctors and he, so he has to go sit somewhere else. And I, you just see little Carter kind of having to go off and sit somewhere else. Poor Carter, but you get you see that divide. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I noted down as Benton mean girling Carter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Basically, he just sat got, down and he's like, you think you're sitting with us, bitch? <laughs> nah. <-uh." laughs> no. Literally, you're right, it's a single table. Right. And still sit just on the set. edge of the table so that he's as close <laughs> to the surgeons as he can get. Uh, <laughs> I need to watch Mean Girls again. Benton is Regina George. His hair is full of secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't sit with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything makes sense now. Oh, it's so funny as well when, you know, you know, Carter's like, nothing happened, nothing happened. Oh, and yeah. Ben is just like, I could not give less about what you get up to in yourself. <laughs> if you oversleep for one of my shifts again, <laughs> oh, and you believe it, as well. like it's honestly there. There's some sort of spell, yeah, yeah. right, over the exterior of that hospital that once Benton yeah. passes through that, he goes from red-blooded male to <laughs> I am. I am surgical. I am. I was going to say I am surgical. I am sterile. Well, we yeah, know that's not true later on away. down the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like iRobot, basically. He kind of comes in and it's all just... And I mean, he does make Carter pay later. We see in surgery, Carter's having to hold this leg up and Carter's kind of remarking, oh, it'd be, wouldn't it be great if we had a pulley system? And, and Morgan Stern says, oh, so what's he done? You know, yeah. what's he done wrong? And he's like, oh, he overslept. Yeah, and you find out, okay, he's done that on purpose. But also in that moment, in that those scenes, we find out why Morgan Stern's back. They finally explain, yeah. which I was like, yes, because otherwise... That would have just been too weird. So obviously he'd got off to work somewhere um, that was being developed by academics. The academics couldn't get their heads together to get the research right. So he's come back and that's why we have him back. He calls and I feel the... better. He does. Yeah, I do. He calls them Mudfords. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and we go, what? And he's MD, PhD, Mudford. But, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently, yeah, they say, because he's going to Brigham Young, which is a really academic place and they, mm. they couldn't get their shit together to keep Morganstone. So he's... Back in back. County General. Absolutely. He said they couldn't 
um, they wouldn't be able to diagnose a, co- a cold if it sneezed That's on it. them. That's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, classic Morgan Stern style. He also goes, don't get me wrong, lovely people. It's like, oh, she's, even as he's <laughs> criticising them, he's still like, oh, but they're very nice people. Let, let's not forget that. I thought Morganson was slightly, slightly sterner. No, it goes the name. But do you know, he's Morgan Sterner. I, I just don't feel like, like in the first season he was very affable. And like every time he walks, he's like, yeah. oh, hey, everything's cool. But this time he seems a little bit more chippy. I don't know, maybe that's... Yeah. He's Morgan Sterner from now on for me. Absolutely. no. I, I haven't watched too far ahead, so this probably gets answered in like the next episode, but did Swifty come in to cover him? Or was Swift Yeah, because wasn't I don't know. I'm trying to think because because obviously Swifty only tra- he's he's a guest star, he's not a a, a a main star, nor is Morgenstern. But now there we go. Sorry, I've answered my own question, but I will leave this all Excellent. in. I'm not taking this out in post because this is important information. Because Morgan Stern was the one who was going to sign off on Mark being the new yes. attending, but then That's he right, couldn't yeah. because he was leaving, and Swifty came in mm-hmm. to do that job. But of course, Morgan Stern is yeah. back, and that's why Swifty's not the first two episodes. Just so we're all yes. on the same page, guys. Thanks. Grant. Cool. Good. We got it. Everyone Absolutely. happy? Absolutely. Grant. Um, and then we kind of so we we turn into um, we see Carter and sorry not Carter and Benton we see Carter and not Carter he's obviously on my brain get out Carter uh, yeah, we all need a coffee need? break um, here guys that's yeah yeah I, I'm like hey who's Swift and you know, what what is this weaver of which they speak and, uh, and, and we've just heard from Carter 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 may I may I see your Carter, Carter. raise you a Ross yeah, oh. I, oh, you can raise me a Ross. I was going to go Benton, but I'm happy to go Ross. If you, let's, let's go, go Ross. Ross first. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, so Ross is with Bob, and he's in a foul he's not mood. Because he's not getting yeah, his yeah. chocolate donut. And no. I mean, no. listen, I don't know George Clooney well, but I know well enough to make sure the man gets his chocolate donut. <laughs> you just keep turning up on his doorstep with Krispy Kremes, don't you? Listen, if you're not going to move, it, it's on him. Do you know what I mean? He knows I'll be there. He was warned with the chocolate donut. So. I'll find you wherever Absolutely. you are, George, as you open the box of Mister Green. Um, um, so we, so we find I, out what but, the how yeah. Weaver has offended Enacted. Ross. You know, it yeah. isn't. She hasn't overridden one of his surgeries, or not surgeries, mm. but she hasn't done anything. No, <laughs> she has taken chocolate donuts off the breakfast menu. Absolutely. Yeah, because he was going to send Bob up to get it, and she and they says, you know, they're not your slaves. Yeah. yeah, Bob's it's a cardiologist. True. And the amount of time Ross goes on and on about his donut, he could have gone and got it himself. Lazy. Another fuck. another point. Possibly. Actually, do you know what? Sorry, you're, you're you're dead right, Sharon. Ed, just go back to you for a second. Has Bob done more surgery than Ross has in the ER? Yeah, probably. No, no, she did the whole chest spreader yeah, thing, didn't she? I don't think Doug's ever done that. He's certainly run traumas. No. Like he's, he, he's a good doctor, but yeah, yeah. I think you're dead right. I think I think Bob has cut more know. people open than Ross has. And she should have said that to him mm. in that moment, I think, but she and didn't. He, he says, oh, uh, she says, oh, I like Kerry Weaver. And, he sa- and uh, Doug says, oh, it must be the whole Germanic thing in you. And she goes, <laughs> I'm Polish. Oh, yeah. But I mean, Ooh, she says it in a friendly that. way, but I think that the intonation was, uh, I'm Polish, bitch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the, the Germany, Poli- you know, like, let's not cover World War II, but that's a bit of a mistake to make Don't a... mention the war. <laughs> yeah. 
didn't start. Did yes, you did. You had, anyway, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a segue um, for us. Absolutely. So yeah, so we see Ross and we see why he's not happy. Um, and then we see, and then Chloe enters, and everyone keeps telling Chloe how wonderful she looks. I'm going to be horrible here and say I didn't understand that because she just looked the same to me. But maybe this is 1995. I, I big baggy good, yeah. jackets were in. That's that's. I was just going yeah, to agree with you true. exactly. I just think if she's not wearing that leather jacket, you know, if she's not very obviously <laughs> Chloe, she looks good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she kind of runs in and says oh, to Susan, who's like obviously busy doctor, hello, can you take Chloe, sorry, take little Susan up to, little Susie up to the daycare? And I'm like, what? A, why couldn't you? Because daycare's in the same place. So why instead of coming mm. to Susan did she do that? Like, what is going on there? But um, through this little interaction, we hear that obviously she's an hour late, which of course she is. And we hear that Jerry... And we learn about Jerry that he's been to night school to learn things yeah. too, and and that and that Chloe is at night school to learn kind of all the programmings and programs and computers and stuff, which all sounds positive. So you know she drops mm. little Susie on Susan and walks off, and again that's their relationship and that's just what she does. But I just thought that was a little interesting scene because it gave us a few little nuggets. That's true. Things have obviously developed in the few months, obviously mm. that little Susie's been around. Um, you have because she'd be about four or five months old now i think at this stage um maybe not even because she's still only a dot and well she was born mother's oh actually i don't know what mother's day is in america oh that's true yeah i think it might be june or something there so yeah probably about three or four months we know before the summer which was five weeks for carter yeah. Oh, so yes. Just a couple of weeks or six weeks then. So you know, probably two or three months, at least yeah. two or three months. And and you have I, you know, it's quite a quick time for Chloe. It's quite a quick time to have cleaned yourself up, to have turned yourself around, and so you kind of at this point in the episode, you kind of get, all right, she's an hour late, but listen, you know, Chloe yeah. of a few months ago would have been a week late and gone, oh, sorry, yeah. I thought it was Christmas, you know? And what do you mean? What baby? Yeah. I've never had yeah, a baby. Yeah, yeah absolutely. you're absolutely right. You know, we are seeing this kind of, what we hope to be, a, a, a new Chloe that will, will help, um, which is great. And then kind of Mark actually comes in, the green machine. We haven't seen him so far. And we learn that he is struggling with his commute from Milwaukee. So he's obviously yeah. moved over there, which we, we learned in the episode before this. And he's talking about his crazy morning and then also then having to commute and him and Susan are kind of chatting, but Susan has to leave. But again, it's that lovely, they have that lovely little walk where they're together and they're chatting. And I love their, always just have to point out how much I love their little friendship of like just catching up with each other, making sure each other are okay. And, and it's just such a nice central role. And what I love about it as well, and especially at this point, and we will come on to obviously later is that they are just friends, you know, there's nothing else there. And that's and I like that because I have a lot of guy friends and I, I hate all that like you can't be friends with somebody oh, of the God. opposite sex. It's I, like I I am. Yeah, I I think so. Um, like when you have, I feel that when you have a either a sitcom. And I don't mean friends because friends is just a parallelogram of who's been with who. But but <laughs> of course that would have been the template for a lot of sitcoms that followed. But when you have say a large ensemble cast. I think you get away with it a little bit more of having people just be friends. Mm. Now, you have your Doug and your Carol, 
So you have your yeah. two who <clears throat> will either end up together or they won't. But that's the question yeah. that sits over them. And to bring Star Trek into it, but just <laughs> they, there was another example of, say, large ensemble casts that didn't yeah. necessarily revolve around will they, won't they. Now, in various seasons, yes, they had their couples. You have your mm. head of you know, this, your Riker and your Troy and, 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 and things like that. Paris and Torres. Exactly, and exactly. But the more successful character arcs, I feel, having done no research for this statement, are <laughs> just... We're behind uh, you. Thank you. Just let them be. <laughs> And if yeah. the yeah. if it naturally progresses into a romantic situation mm. in the way that it's written, yeah, okay, brilliant. Okay, fine. Which is how any relationship should be written. Yeah. Because both Green and Susan will find themselves in what I feel very forced romantic subplots. Not with each other necessarily, yeah. but in other ones, mm. which is like, what do you... Yeah. What? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. There's something about them going, "Oh God, we need to give this person, this character, yeah. something interesting." And this character, I know, let's put them together, and then you've got that interest. And the chemistry didn't always, mm. or the like you say, it didn't feel natural enough. So then you feel a bit like I feel played in some ways. And that, yeah, that obviously does happen with long-standing shows and with any shows, I guess. But yeah, for the moment, it this is a really cute friendship that I like watching develop. Um, so. Just I, like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, I was just having a look. So, you know, we keep talking about his commute. Yes. Because I'm a bit of a loser. No, I'm not. Um, I just, I've just had to uh, check the distance by car between Chicago and Milwaukee. How far actually is, is it? So it's, it's 93.1 miles by car. So that's wow. an hour and 45. Oh, yeah. And on the the little um, we're not we're not sponsored by Google, but on the little Google Map thing to walk <laughs> to walk it via the Robert McClory bike path would take twenty eight hours. Wow! So he's commuting. I, that's probably Birmingham to London. Do you know what yeah. I mean in terms of time? Like you can yeah. get to London quicker than you can between Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of the, the original idea had been that he w- they would live somewhere kind of on the way so like Kenosha had been yeah. the idea which seems like a much better choice than kind of but then maybe this is his penance for always having to, you know mucked kind of Jen and Rachel around and, and he's gone you know what for once she needs to have no commute and I'll do yeah. the big big commute so yeah maybe that's what that's what's happening here yeah. but it, you know it's starting to, to show its wear isn't it yeah. on him it is a bit like I, I agree with you it's it's high time that he did you know we, we are all on the green machine here we, we, we totally side with him we definitely got a lot of sympathy toward Jen in the second half of season one um, and kudos to kudos to Christine Harness who made her yeah. uh, a very sympathetic character but also kudos yeah. to kudos to the writing of it as well but this is not sustainable. No. No, no, absolutely. And actually, a little bit like, maybe you shouldn't be entering a relationship where you are being, you know, you are forced to do penance. You know, maybe you mm. need to go, right, that was a rubbish time, line drawn, let's both compromise. Yeah. You know, I'm no relationship expert, but if you need my help, just call out. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, that to me seems like a... 
a possibility. Yeah. Uh, speaking of relationships, we have this this scene between Benton and Jeannie where they're having to kind of plot their logistics oh, of their yeah. rendezvous and um, uh, and it's funny because somebody kind of walks by and Jeannie pretends she's talking about something else. So, so lame. It's so lame. Yes, his heart stopped beating and that's why we did the thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Carry on doing the thing with your heart beating. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, so yeah, hackneyed. Yeah. Well, he died and then we did this. Yeah, it's very <laughs> like that. Just, sorry, just... just um, while, while we were talking there, I was doing what I thought would be a quick thing. It turned, t- took longer. Just for our Irish fans who are listening, all right, so... Birmingham yes. to London, I assume, is far. So for our Irish fans mm. who are out there listening, that is the equivalent of Dublin city centre to Rosslare Harbour down in Wexford. That's quite far down uh, in, in, in Irish wow. terms. So now, because I, I was trying to, like, you know, Thank kind you. of night, because obviously we do everything kilometres anyway, right? So 93 miles, how far is it? Oh, okay, it's about 130 kilometres. That's pretty long. Yeah, that's grand. Um, And then, yeah, so that is, in our current lockdown state, that is two counties away, which means I couldn't go there even if I wanted to, so I couldn't do that commute. (laughs) We're not going to test the commute just for you fans. Uh, Yeah, no, at this point, map it. Yeah, that's fine. We'll leave it. Thank you for for translating to Irish for us. Thank you. That was really useful. (laughs) Um, and then we kind of we have this moment where Jeannie's on the phone to Al and she's lying to him and Mm. this 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 bit to me was a bit like it kind of made me laugh a little bit out loud because it was such a lame lie we'll be studying till midnight that's yeah right what like alarm bells I wonder studying what is it one of those is it one of those lies that's such a bad lie that she thought she'd get away with it do you know what I mean? Is it like, you know, well, who would lie <laughs> yeah. about, you know, we're not 15. Yeah. We're not, oh, I'm just going over to study, I promise. You know, yeah, right. Yeah. Kids are right. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Jeannie is, she is a married adult. You know, you, you yeah. can sort of take it at face value if they say, listen, I'll be studying until 12. All right, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it so bad because she wants him to That's find evil. out because she hasn't got the oh, heart to tell him? Bit of self sabotage. Yeah, already says, I can't yeah, tell. Him. Like, you know. Yeah. Mm. And we see her struggle with do that. We don't know, we? We, yeah. we don't know yet anything much about Al, do we? No, we don't. Um, so, uh, as I kind of as I said before, we had, we've had a sighting of him. Um, it was played by a different actor. His name was Wolfgang Bodison, which That's I think amazing, is yeah. a brilliant name. That's a sexy um, name. That is a really sexy name. And he was very much in a suit and he was very smart. We saw him in the um, episode Full Moon Saturday Night in the first season. And he then he disappears and we hear about him. Now, this time, because we do meet him again, um, and he's now played by Michael Beach, and he's not dressed in a suit anymore, and he's working quite late shifts and shift work. So I feel like they decided to do a bit of a character change, but uh, but no, we don't really know mm. much. We don't even know his what his career is at the moment. It turns out it is construction. <clears throat> I think later on we find out about the moment. We don't 
there's nothing that's said that well he's not handy that handy with the cars is he? he's trying to fix the car um yes isn't he and and that's when benton comes over he sees Jeannie and he comes over being all flirty and like oh have you got car trouble and then she's yeah. like hi benton here is al my husband <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> his heart is beating we don't yeah. need to shock him yeah, yeah we're, it's it's all here look yeah, yeah. her um, face was just like not now yeah. One thing Leave. I think is potentially yeah. because I know um I know Eric LaSalle didn't love this storyline. Yeah. So one thing that I right. think oh, okay. is uh, they don't paint it as this kind of exciting little affair and everyone's having fun. They are both mm. guilt-ridden from the start. You really get the yeah. feeling that they don't want to do this. You know? Um yeah. and that I think, if you're going to do this storyline, that's a kind of a nice way of doing it with what with things as we know them as they are now. So, as they are now, Absolutely. Al yeah. is her loving husband, and she yeah. is for whatever reason, Benton is winning her heart, and they're doing they're doing a bad thing. That's that's what we know yeah. at the moment. Absolutely, and you're right. It, they are both very tortured over it. This isn't them saying, "Oh, look, affairs are fun." This is very much this yeah. is torture for both of them. So it must kind of mean something to both of them for them both having to having to do that. So we we, we kind of we've seen obviously now her lie to him, and now you see her, Alan. You know, I think it's become very real for Benton now as well because he's seen them together and he's seen them kind of doing, you know, oh, it's this is our car, which I think really puts them two together as a couple and this, they own things together. And him and Jeannie don't have any of that. And Jeannie's face when she's driving away, she looks so guilty and Benton just looks so heartbroken yeah. and at, at being really confronted. Because the first time he met, he met Elle, they weren't together. So although he, I think, liked genie um you know nothing could happen so it wasn't so kind of guilt inducing whereas i think in this scene it's quite i you really you kind of feel for them but you're also a bit like yeah but you are doing something rubbish but yeah it, it's 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 yeah. really well played definitely uh michael beach by the way uh, everybody's been in er he was uh, the father of black manta in aquaman yeah he was also as we know in stargate atlantis and yeah yeah he's he's basically been in his credits are like the guy who plays roles yeah. Hundred, hundreds of credits a including lot of, the hundred yeah the, oh good done. neat segue yeah we are smooth um but yeah a lot of cop shows i think he's been he's like raul has been in every version of ncis and csi going <laughs> yeah. basically but um yeah, no, I like it. I really like his voice. It's something really. Isn't it just calming or something? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I would say resonant, but yeah, yeah. it's definitely resonant. Yeah, mm, absolutely that. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so we've kind of seen like that that the Benton, um, Benton genie thing. Loretta Sweet is. is back. We have oh, our second visit Dr. from Loretta, Loretta Sweet. Loretta Sweet, she's doing... I would nearly say in this scene. <laughs> yeah. At... Absolutely. Doing the PID so shuffle. She's yeah. doing the PID shuffle. <laughs> and but, but before we go into that, I just want to point out that Mark has now got two med students with him. Yeah. One which is Harper, we met last week. The other one is somebody called Babinski, who we've not seen before. Makes me wonder if he's where the other ones are and are, are they, they still in, in the are they closet still in there? Exactly. Has anyone fed They've them? They've starved to death, yeah. yeah. 
He's three skeletons in medical in medical yeah. um, in doctor's jackets, Downs. just holding. Yeah, thank you. I can't get words out. Holding textbooks, just yeah. starved to death. And we'll never see them again. No. But so we've got a we've got kind of a new doctor who I'm going to do in everything everyone has been in ER about. So this is uh, Richard Spate Junior. Yes. Ah, um, oh, he was in a show when I was young called Running the Halls, which didn't oh. wasn't very big, but it aired for a bit and it made an impact on me. So I had to look him up because I was like, I know this face. He was also in things like Band of Brothers, Supernatural, Justified yeah, as well. Yeah, he was a Archangel Gabriel in Supernatural and directed quite a few episodes of Supernatural. Oh, cool. And if you're like me and a bit nerdy and watch the Supernatural outtakes, they always, they always rip the piss out of Richard Spate when he's directing. It's really cute. But yeah, he, yeah, he's br- I really like Richard Spate. Junior. Good to know. Oh, there's a little fan there. A little bit of a <laughs> He's fan. He's a Spate boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a cruel rumour. I'll squash it right away. But yeah, so Loretta's come in and, and, and Mark's trying to diagnose her and trying to help get them to help diagnose her and he's like what should we treat this with and she has to come out and actually go well this is what i usually yeah. take so um, so cetriaxone blah blah blah, blah. You, yeah you'd be yeah, forgiven because you know yeah. that loretta wouldn't be offended by this because she has a good already has a good relationship with yeah. mark you'd be offended for going come on guys she's a hooker what do you think we should give her <laughs> <laughs> you know I think that's how it was originally written, but uh, yeah, Anthony like Edwards was like, oh. like <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't like that. Um, but yeah, so, so again, this is her coming in and we're starting to build that relationship with kind of between her and Mark. And and then also Mark, you know, kind of falls into the wrath of Susan and Doug, who both are like, we hate Weaver mm. in this little bit of a corridor walk with him and then leave him a bit like, but, but I think she's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, is again, it's that, that tension of now being management and having to make these big choices and having to stand by them when other people aren't that happy. And, and also them, the people being your friends as well as being um, the, your colleagues. So yeah, it's, a, it's a great little exploration and addition now for Mark because Mark is such a lovely, sweet character and you just know he hates confrontation and you know he doesn't want to make people unhappy. So this is kind of killing him a little bit because he, he has to, doesn't he? But... She's she's the perfect foil for him, as Morgan Sterner said, you know, yeah. and she's the she's the balance to him, and it, it uh, makes uh, complete definitely sense. because you can imagine if the uh, sorry now I, I can't remember her name, but if the other potential um, oh, Jane play, if if say Jane Pratt had got the job and she was very like Mark, well, look, Mummy and Daddy can't be everyone's best friend because nothing's going to get done. Yeah. And Mark saw that when so he yeah, walked into the meeting last week and the way people were talking, like, you know, if we just walk away from a meeting like that and, oh, we're everybody's buddy and everything's fine, mm. let's say they did do that, nothing gets said to anyone and then Ross goes up to renew his fellowship, is laughed out by the um, yeah. head of paediatrics because yeah. what would have changed? Nothing. And... That's the thing. Less so with Susan, but definitely with Ross. The reason he's got a problem with Weaver mm. is because he's used to skirting around protocol and he gets on well with the head guy mm. and, and everything's fine. He doesn't really have to worry. Oh, call my buddy Jack. He'll he'll look after that kid in there. It's, yeah, yeah. You don't need to get whoever's on yeah. call, which would have been a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
yeah, and so this diagnosis. Is, so, yeah. yeah, no, sorry, I was just going to say this is where where a big kind of argument sets up between Weaver and, and Ross. So a, a kid comes in, he's an arsonist, we learn he set fire to the motel he was staying in. His mom's obviously a waitress. She's dressed in a waitress outfit and um, and she's very like, I need to get to work, I need to get to work. You know, she's very like that. And and, and Doug is like, well, I've got, a, I've got a friend, Jack Chandler, let's call him in. But what that actually then means in reality for his patient is that the patient has to wait around and that's not easy for this single mother and this son you know she's got a job she waiting around is tough anyway uh and also he doesn't at any point seem to be checking in on on it on it it's very much like oh Helay's gonna call jack and then it will be sorted and then we find out because the mom's trying to leave that the uh doctor has it has arrived so he's like but can't have arrived so he goes mm. in to find out and we meet a new character dr myers um Another everyone's been in ER moment, yes. um, played by Michael B. Silver, who's been in things like Suits, CSI Miami, Shark, NYPD Blue. He's also um, recurs in this quite a bit, so mm. that's why I thought I would point him out. Um, you know, he he comes in and Doug feels like he's upset the child, so he's kind of arguing with this guy like, "How dare you be here?" And he says, "This is very strange behaviour to me from Doug." He says can we go outside and talk? So you're going to leave an, a child arsonist in a room yeah. unsupervised. What was that about? Doesn't seem like good form it's, to me. It's really, like, yeah. it's... It's hard to defend that. because And on top of how bad it was to leave a child arsonist alone in a room, he's doing it because he's pissy with the other guy. You know, it's it, yeah. he's not even yes. doing it to then. He could later argue that I was protecting the kid because the guy's doing nothing wrong. He's doing his job. You know, yeah. he's, he's not Absolutely. come down to. He's not trying to bully him into go. To you know, to go to social bully. services or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Doug. Doug does not come out looking well in this episode. Until two seconds later when the kid sets the place on fire and Doug comes in, <laughs> well, which is that. very heroic, Cold as he puts yeah. the fire out, yeah. yeah. And then he hugs him, and it's, it is sweet, that little moment. He kind of holds on to him and hugs him. But, but this is where you see that thing that we were kind of discussing at the beginning about when we first started the podcast and we were talking a bit about Doug, future Doug, and how he can be a bit arrogant and how he can be very much like his way is the only way. And, and, that, and, and the problems that that can bring up, which is what this, whole thing has done because now we have a curtain set on fire and a very traumatised child yeah. and the mom then comes back and just takes the child with no help no, uh, th- you know, there'll be no now, no follow up yeah. and they go off into the night and we don't see them again and it just seems very much like oh, you know, this yeah. is could have been handled so differently, so when he goes in to kind of have what is the first of many fights that he will have with Weaver and many arguments um, I'm completely yeah. on her side because yeah. because uh, uh, he does seem to have handled it very badly. The only thing I would say is that I, I wish we ever had would have maybe spoken to him and said, I'm going to get a consult, what's going on? Or I have called a consult, not just done it quietly and then gone off. That, for yeah. me, is where I'm a bit like, your methods aren't always the best because I think if you're trying to inject, you know, make yourself known to people and liked by people or not even liked but if you're trying to work with people then you've got yeah. to respect them and talk like to you, them you can definitely um, sorry do you know I, I cut over you there no it's all right 
I was saying she's she's efficiency, isn't she? That's yes. what she is. So the efficient thing is to do that, and it's not. She doesn't have to worry too much about getting Doug's uh, nose bent or joint because she's already said, "Oh, I've already pissed a couple of people off." Oh yeah. well, it, it doesn't that's, matter. That's to it. Her. I think yeah, like she will. She is. She's the hammer to the nail. She will go and do that, and she yes. will get that job done. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said for while not being everybody's friend, just at least going, look, I'm doing this. Yeah, professional courtesy yes. is what I Yeah, exactly. It still doesn't mean you're not asking for permission. That's fine. You're the no. boss. You don't need to ask for permission. But then, you know, hind- hindsight maybe, this situation... <laughs> yeah arose because Doug tried to get his buddy to do that so Doug shouldn't have done that and Doug shouldn't yeah. have left the kid on his own but had Weaver yeah. just gone you know they surely passed each other in the hall have just gone oh listen I got Myers down um, he's in there yeah. yeah but my buddy Jack is whatever but yeah yeah Myers yeah. is there it's coming I've done it you know Um, and just to kind of finish off the Carter Benton thing just so that that's uh, so the later Carter, is, you know, diagnoses this hernia. Benton and him obviously go off into a surgery we don't see, but he's pleased Morgan Stern and <laughs> vaguely pleased Benton, as Benton likes to say, which oh, I yeah. love. But Carter's face is just like... Oh, he beams. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And then it's that moment again when they then go and sit down and he has to go and sit <laughs> on the other table and he's still looking, Hello. hopefully and excitedly. But that moment of approval is just yeah, yeah. cute and I just wanted to pick that up because that's a really sweet yeah. little, yeah, dude, little thing That's a nice that part happens. of the episode, yeah. Hello. Yeah. You know when he's, he's getting the Froyo or whatever out of the machine, <laughs> yeah. I just had to think about peers and community. Do you know what I mean? I was expecting oh, me to, like, to keep overrunning and kind of... <laughs> Sean, you, you're doing the like, you've got to watch Community. Let, let me finish Parks and Rec first, okay? And then I, <laughs> and nearly at the end of season two, and all the films and, and everything okay. else. Okay. okay. Good, good place to be anyway. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I agree. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. Uh, Susie, I, I think with Susan, this episode, yeah, she's a real pain in the ass to a lot of people. She pisses yeah. off the nurses. I don't she's... understand what's going on with her. I think it's the stress yeah. of looking after little Susie because they get she gets a call from daycare. The little Susie's got a slight temperature. She yeah. dashes up there. The, the daycare assistant is like, "It's it's a bit of a temperature. We just got to give you a call." Yeah. Well, why isn't Chloe here? Oh no, you're you're here, so we give you the call. But she's she's wild to the nurses later yeah. on. She does apologise. We find Yay. out Connie's pregnant. Yay! Yay! I suppose she's she's very stressed because we find out that Chloe's actually not been going to yeah. school. So where has Chloe been going? And I guess I the worry of oh my gosh, where is she going? Is she using? What will happen? You know, all of that, I guess, feeds into it. So yeah, yeah. she has a moment where she's just kind of, first she's brought down little Susie and she's begging, you know, she's like, I've got to get the baby checked. And Ross yeah. is like very good with, takes yeah. the baby, says, you know, it's okay. She seems fine. I'll check her out. You go carry on working. Later we find out, you know, Chloe's not been going to school and Susan has like a little, kind of a little nervous breakdown where she's just sitting with yeah little Susie for oh, quite a yeah. while and Mark and we were a bit like hello not we mm, I think it's Bob, Mark yeah. and Bob baby and they're just a bit like well yeah. hello you know wake up and and then she go you know we get this bank robber comes in and he um we get this bank robber come in and 
Susan has to lead that trauma and she's in the foulest mood, which is where she's really nasty to all of the nurses and and, and, and just being very, come on, sort it out, really nasty to her. But she gets Mm. a comeuppance, you know, the the dye on the the money (laughs) splashes and opens all over her face. All of the nurses are laughing. And you know what? Let's give credit to Susan because she laughs and later she's talking to Connie and she says sorry and she also, again, is able to laugh at herself for the fact that that exploded on her. But that's that's what leads into that beautiful scene with Weaver. So she that's where Weaver's trying to talk to her. She's later in the toilet cleaning herself and and Weaver's really trying to be like, hey, I'm a you know I'm a human too and let's kind of chat and and she reaches out to her. So we see that again. We're starting to see this softer side with Weaver. We're not just seeing this tough. Yeah. Exterior, there is something deeper it's there. Very, I mean, the, the next trauma that comes in is a, a young football player who's taken a helmet to the chest yes, and oh, yeah. is in some, yeah, is in some uh, some discomfort and he can't breathe. And Weaver's brilliant with him, absolutely yeah. brilliant. So you've you got this impression that maybe she's robotic and too efficient and mm-hmm. Borg-like, but actually she's really good. And she says, "Oh, something's going weird. I'm I'm feeling weird." She says, "Well, we like weird here, so you're all right. Don't worry about it." Yeah. And I was like. A lovely comment exchange I saw on, on YouTube before. It was one of the, just a clip, and I think it was a clip of Weaver being kind of a, a bit of a less fun Weaver later on. And someone just goes, oh, she was always terrible and she was this and that. And someone just goes, no, she was abrasive and, you know, she, yeah. she didn't suffer fools, but she was an excellent doctor and she had an excellent bedside manner and that really shines across here just how calm and how cool she is she identifies the issue and in the middle of showing what to me seems like a very complicated procedure to Carter she's like by the way Mark (laughs) didn't you say something about catching a train and now she's so in control as a cucumber yeah, and yeah. thinking obviously all about her colleagues and also I think what's great and the reason I guess they put that that scene in is to say she, it's justified, she is good, she's shit hot mm. at her job, you know, this is why she has been hired, this is what you will get, she's not somebody who's shoddy, we get to see her actually control that room and control everything and, and it's brilliant because actually so before that there's this funny moment, so we, we'll come on to Shep and Hathaway in a second but Shep and Hathaway are kind of stealing supplies from County for the, for the ambulance she catches them yeah. and they both kind of go oh we're just, we're, we're taking them for the ambulance and you think oh my gosh she's going to go mental yeah. like you can't steal and she doesn't she's just like yeah carry on you know and yeah. it's this again she, you're seeing yeah. that, that nicer side to her um, but yeah. But then she does and she says she makes that joke and she goes I was joking in that dead <laughs> way but then then she goes oh Shep you knew the uh, the dead kid's family <gasps> yes so I'm a bit like yeah I see what you mean she does make a joke but then she sends a paramedic she to do does. a doctor's job and I, was and like, I think this is her bad. now do you think this is her revenge she's like you can take the stuff but you will yeah, now yeah, have to go yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah, so yeah. he has to go and basically tell a family of the boy this morning that they brought in that that he didn't make it and I'm not sure that that's something that paramedics normally have to do ever. but no, certainly not in the ER. do I don't this. think we've seen yeah. this in the ER. I suppose we haven't seen very many paramedics in the yeah. ER before because they use transporters no. to get the uh, the uh, patients to the ER mm. but you do yeah. get the feeling like it's nice that Shep gets a bit of extra screen time you know and there's a there, this is <laughs> yeah. clearly going to be a bonding moment between him and Carol yeah. But 
Yeah. Yeah, but now having said that, at the same time, you know, when it's a situation like this where there is a language barrier, now, unfortunately, there isn't a linguist on you know on call. You know what I mean? Like, you speak Spanish, do you? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Go do that. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Weaver says, "Oh, you know the families." Like, I have no idea. It's like, where she got yeah. the information well. from? It. it. I do wonder if it's a bit of yeah. bit of punishment there. A bit of punishment. Maybe she just has thought that, and maybe where she used to practice, the paramedics maybe. were yeah. doing things like that. I, just, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk a bit about Shep and Hathaway because they're obviously they're building something. They're 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 bonding. They've they're in the the truck together. They're both at the front because Raoul's at the back, and we see them out out and about, kind of treating people, and then they they end up turning up at kind of a fun fair and go on a Ferris wheel. Um, you know, and and he is definite flirting there. So we're definitely getting an idea mm-hmm. that this this is going to develop. And obviously, as you say, the screen time, you think, okay, this is somebody we're going to have to invest some time in. What what do you guys think of Shep? How do you feel? Go on, Sean. As it stands, I like him. Um, yeah. I think you can okay. see that he might be the Doug Ross of the paramedics. You know, may, maybe yeah. if not in the womanizing. Uh, frame, because you don't get that feeling off him at all. But certainly, he's you know he's mm. a very handsome man. He is openly, pretty openly flirting with Carol. Um, like he's talking to Carol differently yeah. from the way he's talking to Raoul. Put it that way. And uh, and he goes up on the yeah, Ferris yeah. wheel because it's something she would have liked, and he's terrified of heights. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's it, that's a really sweet moment, I have to say, yeah. and um. Uh, how do I, I feel um, with Shep? I think you're right, yeah. There's definitely, she's got a type. She likes that kind of person who will be brash and be out there and do the best for the patient kind of thing. I don't know how I feel about him. There's something about him that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Just, I don't know, maybe as a woman. I, there's something about how, I think it's something to do with the first episode we meet him and then when he looks, kind of looks Carol up and down and kind of says, yeah, mm. come on our rig. It just, to me, is just, I'm just like alarm bells for sleaze going off. Yeah. That's just my initial impression. So I'm not completely on board yeah. with him. I, I am the same as Sharon to a certain extent. I was a bit like, oh, he's a little bit sleazy and I'm not really seeing it. But then in this episode, when you're right, when he goes upon the Ferris wheel and he's terrified, he does not like heights. And I think, but they, they have, I mean, obviously they were dating in real life, so I guess the chemistry was easy. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I mouthed that one. I just went, oh yeah, <laughs> but, I forgot. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you the podcasts yeah. are an audio medium. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I'm. The jury's out for me. I, I think I feel like he's a placeholder for another relationship there, she's having. There she is that. I mean, we could we could place ourselves back in contemporary times, and yes, we had to wait five or six weeks between the end of season one and the start of season two. But of course, in real life, we binge, so it's been forty-five minutes since Tag left her at the altar. Um, <laughs> and it's like, all right, Carol. Yeah, f- no, no judgment here. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, hop on that rig. But uh, I. <laughs> that's I have that's, that's, that's anything, great. I'll, yeah, I'll take a flag for that one. But I think what is good <laughs> is that they didn't immediately yeah. pair Carol and Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that's yeah, true. that would have been that's bad. True. That would have probably ended yeah. two episodes later. 
yet. Because we know that he's not ready. We still know that he's not ready. And actually, I th- I wonder if she also needs to sow a few yeah. wild oats. You know, she needs to go out there and explore. And, mm-hmm. and because she's a very different person, as we say, in this season. She's grown up a lot. She's That baggage seems to have gone, you know. Tag's now gone, this kind of guy that could have just answered a lot of issues for her in the sense of keeping her secure and safe and being a safe person to be with. And now she's out there and out and about and... And and Shepard, I guess, is part of all that. And he's always he is very sweet to her. That was just a just a little personal. But I, I did appreciate when he went up on the Ferris yeah. wheel. I think it's because he's quite like, oh, I don't use wet naps, and that's for, and I don't oh, let yeah. Raoul touch the music. I think that is why he annoys me because I'm like, ah, oh, please no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's just personal me. I will cancel that yes. blind date that so I have set up for you and Shep. So. <laughs> uh, I'll go on a blind date that's with Raul, that's cool. That's fine. And also, how many times do I have to say Carter? Well, Carter. listen, Carol says the words Ross a lot, but she doesn't end up with him straight away. That's true. Oh, okay. So do you I do need to shake the placeholder? Yeah. And we'll we get you some Dr. Beige as well to be your tag. Fab, great. I need a Dr. Beige. <laughs> Um, but there is a, an interesting moment, actually. So she's been on that Ferris wheel and Susan kind of comes back into the hospital and her hair's all blown out and, and, and they kind of all start making a bit of a comment on it. And I think it's also that, you know, she's been flirted with, she's been out in the yeah, sun. Yeah. You know, it's it's opening up this other side to her and I think it's yeah. really nice. I um, and, and, she's, and it's great. They all kind of comment and say, oh, you look really pretty and look yeah. at your hair. And it's I call nice it her sexy see, hair. Particularly Carol in you know nothing's at stake do you know what i mean nobody is yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know i'm not making a joke of this but nobody's suicidal nobody you know there's no yeah you know very sick children she's just she's doing her job she's having fun doing it and you know what she's getting on with a new guy and it's nice yeah you know? it is and you see that glow of when you first you know that first Hilt, like, lilt of attraction and you have that glow and you're all excited you know you see that on her and it's a good look on her it's as you yeah. say it's it's great to see that um but let's just quickly just go back to ross and Weaver because ross actually ends up storming out which again talking yeah. about weaver being being um the grown-up you know ross really does behave very badly like you know they have that confrontation where he's very angry at her she explains all the reasons she did it reasons are all great to, to me you know the idea of if you do have somebody's curbside then they they're they're not liable and yeah. all the dangers and also the waiting around um and he just storms out and it it, it harks back a bit to kind of the first dog we met you know that mm. really impetuous kind of stubborn and this is something we will see again but you know it's it's, it's again it's it come back to that because the last few episodes before have been you know doug kind of rescuing not rescuing carol but being very sweet to carol and very wonderful in the and you see this moment where they flirt where he's like i'm coming to yours in the in the last episode and you know you just see him just being quite like a nice decent guy and he seems like he's finally got the idea that he does want to get married and have a family at some point and he's maybe on the right path again but then this happens and you're just like oh no oh Doug you just don't walk out yeah he was very impetuous and even if it was um, if it was the end of his shift which let's take it for granted that it was right Hmm. he's still this is more because we know as an audience we're looking at the clock Green's gotta go 
Green's got to go and catch that train. Yeah. Doug, if yeah. you were a mate, you would have took, you would have taken that blunt, for, blunt force trauma. Mark would have caught his train. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. maybe he wasn't aware of that, but I think anyone who's known Green for the last few weeks knows that he he's got to go by five or, or yeah. whatever the time is. Or probably yeah. a lot later than five, actually. It's the last train, isn't it? Um, yeah. Which he yeah. misses, we see him miss. And that's the second... Seconds. By seconds, and, and you were seeing him in the last episode run, and he does manage to get the train that time, but you see that struggle of running and yeah. trying to get it. He misses, completely misses this one. Um, just to take a side tangent, I love the Chicago um, Central Station. station. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yes, I was thinking that too. It's gorgeous, yeah. It's American using station. a few different things. Um wow. it, it, was a de- it was in My Best Friend's Wedding, one that comes to, to mind. Um they have a lot of scenes there a few scenes there sorry and it's it's just so pretty i just want to put that out there um coming from birmingham whose new street station only now looks pretty used to be quite grand central is nice yeah but it doesn't doesn't have it's not classic yeah it hasn't got that glass classic grand you're stepping in but you feel like you're i don't know they always just look like that and grand central in new york both look very you know very similar but also have this timeless classic you can imagine kind of yeah people yeah. in the 40s you, you've never seen a beautiful station until you've seen bus Aurus in dublin and i can tell you anyone who lives in dublin and heard what i just said just snorted yeah, that's <laughs> all i will say about that <laughs> okay oh. we'll have to share that we'll we'll share, visit. you do visit yeah don't yeah. start we'll there. share pictures on um, <laughs> you won't, we'll, you won't we'll carry on. Now I've just seen obviously now, so we're 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 trying to run along in this episode, which I think there was a lot to talk about in this episode. But I think we'll just we'll finish yeah, yeah. with the last yeah. scene between Susie and Chloe, yes. and Chloe just. Oh, Ooh. I was gonna say there's there's a Jeannie Benton. So the last two scenes that. we're going to discuss are Susan and <laughs> Chloe and Jeannie and Benton. But yeah, but I think because we can do both fairly quickly. Yeah, but, I mean, absolutely. Chloe, I just there's just nothing there. There is no faith there. Um, no, no, no. She, Susan is there, and we've only seen her smoke during times of great stress before. And she's sitting there in her apartment yes. smoking away, and she's not saying anything. She doesn't say a word until the end of the scene, and no. Chloe's there, and it's oh, it was hard, mm. Susie, and they all had the right clothes, and I don't have the right clothes. Oh, but I got a job as a waitress and everything. And then Susan, who is having absolutely none of it, she's had enough of her uh, badness, um, and she just goes, what about the waitressing job, Chloe? Just completely yeah. cuts Three through. Three days she's on that job. Cause she yeah, just yeah. knows. Chloe says nothing because yeah, yeah. she doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And then she walks out, and and we're back. We know where we are. That hope has gone of this new Chloe. Yeah. I'm now going to take us out onto a rainy I w- street. I would if be you're offended ready if you to didn't. Have scene with Benton. And... <laughs> Grab your umbrella. So it's very rainy. It's actually a very stunning. beautiful shot. So we see um, we see Peter um, sitting on stairs with his like these kind of what they call meditation balls, but they're playing really with good. His balls, at... yeah. He's playing with his balls. Yeah, I was trying not to go there, but fine. Ed. So sorry. That's because she's late, <laughs> and, so someone had to play Ed... with them. Sorry. Sean doing it too. Oh, that's it. I'm out. I'm out. I want to no. Do a podcast with people. 
Well, it's not in the gutter, no, I'm joking. Um, so he's he's playing with his balls, he is. And these are kind of these meditation balls and what they would help to do is help kind of keep your hands very dexterous and quite a good workout for your hands. And I just love that little detail because it just shows that he's still bent and he's still Mr. Surgery, it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter what he's doing. And they have this scene on the stairs where they're talking about how tough it is and it's just not working and and, and she has to either tell Al or it yeah. just has yeah. to be over. And I think that, that, that something about how the episode A opened on this kind of scorching day and ends in this rain and that really mirrors. So we have that scorching day, which, you know, is kind of Carol and her love and her this new adventure she's going on. And then we've got this rain, which is very much Jeannie and Benton breaking up. You know, it's just not working. And and that's kind of where we leave it. Yeah. It's, it is a cracking episode. I'm really glad we talked about it. And with this stuff we could have talked about, like, I really... Well... You know, could briefly touch on um, Carter really trying yeah. hard with Harper, letting her put yeah. fifteen IVs in his in his arms and being all cocky <laughs> when he really screwed his IVs up when he first started. He was terrible at, IV, yeah, at placing an IV. But yeah, there's a lot. And that moment where he kind of walks in trying to be all cool because he diagnoses a patient, then turns and bumps straight into another patient (laughs) and falls, and you're like, yeah. I love Carter slapstick. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. No, Wiley's great at all that. Good. I just also wanted to do one last um, Everyone's Been in ER and it's actually Loretta Sweet Mar- um, oh. Mary Mara she was, she's was she been in things like Judging Amy as we know Nash Bridges, Dexter and Ray Donovan just wanted to put that in cool. there sorry. No it's alright, excellent um, I'll, I'll leave medical jargon and stuff for next time because uh, mine's going to take a bit of time so that's cool Oh, I was going to do intervention. Oh yes, no, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one for next time, just because our, our poor listeners, our poor, we've we'll we've, we've rabbited on. So I think <laughs> at this stage, I think we're us. calling it. So thanks everyone for listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at you set the tone pod on Insta and at set underscore pod on Twitter. And remember, you set the tone.